Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Welcome to Max Mike Movies. Each week we discuss a movie one of us hasn't previously seen, but the other one has. It might be a favorite film, controversial film, or one we just can't believe the other one hasn't watched. We'll go over the plot of the film in our show portion, go back and forth over the film's merits, points, and details in Lowdown, and finish up with the Roundup, where we decide if the film is worth seeing, if it's still worth seeing, and if it's worth seeing a second time. I am your primary host, Max Levine. My dear Captain Koloff. <laughs> My dear Captain Kirk. <laughs> uh, and I would be Mike Luce, your secondary host. Good, I'm glad we've established the... that. I won't have to pee on anything. <laughs> lesser host uh, thank you for bringing up peeing in our podcast yeah. oh, anytime that's what the, all the kids are into i hear so this this time we're doing the 2013 film her the show uh in this film joaquin phoenix plays a lonely writer named theodore man in the final stages of divorce the story takes place in the near future and theodore isolated and depressed falls in love with the new, highly advanced operating system on his computer, voiced by Scarlett Johansson. This is directed by Spike Jones. So, that that's the sum up. I loved his music. All those those quick band things he did back in the 30s and 40s. Oh, yeah, him and the, him and the city slickers. <laughs> yeah, whoo! Uh, real, real influence in Weird Al, Spike Jones. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. Um, be there any trivia? Oh, there's a bit. Well, first off, this movie in 2014... It was nominated for five Oscars, oh. including Best Picture. It won only it won Best Original Screenplay and Best Music. By the way, do you notice who do, who did the music? Um, no. no. It was it was done by the band Arcade Fire. Oh, okay, I know them. One of the sort there was a little bit of controversy around the movie uh, when the Oscars were were announced, in that a lot of people thought Scarlett Johansson should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. The thing is, she doesn't actually appear in the movie. It's voice only. However, there's no rule that says you have to appear in the movie. But uh, they, people think she wasn't nominated because there's a bias against voice only performances. I have no idea. Well, she was in the ashtrays in the fire grate. <laughs> she was in shot at all times. So she's not actually in the film. Not as such. Ah. <laughs> So originally, by the way, the character Samantha was going to be voiced by Samantha Morton. Uh, she she did the entire she worked on the entire film, but at the end, when Jones was listening to the uh, the the final rushes, he just didn't think she sounded right, and he talked to her about it. He gave her an associate producer credit, and she agreed with him. And they brought in Scarlett Johansson, and she had to re-record all the dialogue. I bet that just broke your little heart. Oh yes. So sad. Although Samantha Morton does have a very cool voice. The thing would have been that two of the two major female characters, Samantha and Amy, both share the same name, would have shared the same name as the actresses who played them. You know, Amy is played by Amy Adams. Right. So, uh, let's see. Oh, the, the alien child in the video game that Theodore plays, the one that swears <laughs> all the time and screams at him. Yes. You know who voiced that? No. That was the director. That was Spike oh, Jones. Okay. Although in the credits he lists himself as Adam Spiegel, and apparently he loved that character so much that he would, when he gave notes to his editor and his producer, he would do it in that character. <laughs> Gee, I bet that Imagine. wasn't annoying. Oh, I'm sure that went over well. Yeah, yeah, I've got notes for you, you stoop. <laughs> wow. Here's here's some notes, fatty. <laughs> How did the film get made? I don't know. Me either. It's interesting, some of the people who also worked on the film, who they aren't listed anywhere. Charlie Kaufman did some uncredited screenwriting for it. I don't know him. Yes, you do, from Adaptation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a bunch. He's done a whole ton of, of screenwriting. And also, apparently, Spike Jones's final cut came out to 150 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he had to. He called in Steven Soderbergh oh. to help him edit it, and Soderbergh took the film, hung on, worked on it for twenty-four hours, and came back with a ninety-minute cut. And Jones used built on that and turned it into the final version, which is one hundred and twenty-six minutes. 
Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Because <clears throat> I, I think the pacing and the, and the length of the movie works just fine. And if 150 minutes would have been a bit much. Mm. Yeah. Uh, also, if you noticed, um, you probably pay a lot of attention to the color palette in these things, be, <laughs> being an artist. <laughs> yeah. And virtually almost every scene has a red or yellow in it. Yeah. Or a combination. But the whole right. film was very pale. Yes. It was very pale. It was very very kind of uh, fuzzy and dreamlike, the way, the way it looked. Uh, the movie is set in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. You know this could... Sure it is. <laughs> yeah, it's almost all of it. Any of the buildings where you see skyscrapers are Shanghai. You know, I thought it looked a lot like China. And I, yeah. The other thing I thought was, this is the cleanest L.A. has ever been. <laughs> well, it's the future. Yeah. The future is usually cleaner, unless it's a post-apocalyptic, in which case everything is grimy except people's teeth. Mm. Yeah, and uh, if you look closely, I caught like one. That you can see that there are signs in Chinese in the background. I just, I was suddenly trying to figure out, is this going to be, end up being Vancouver? Way too big for Vancouver. But it's like, this is mm-hmm. not L.A. Now, I've not been to downtown L.A., but I've been mm-hmm. around it. Like, I've been to Hollywood, and I've been to um, Studio City and stuff like that. And so, and I've been to parts of L.A., and it's like, it don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Then Samantha is the name of the text-to-speech setting on uh, the old, older Macintosh computers. Huh. Sort, sort of similar to pre-iOS 7 Siri. I should know that, but I probably <laughs> never used it. Hmm. And my, my Siri's a guy anyway, so... Yeah. Because I can. <laughs> There's some voice work by some uh, by at least two members of, Sa- of uh, the cast of Saturday Night Live. Uh, Bill Hader is... Uh, one of the uh, the, the uh, voices of of the text messages that oh. Theodore gets at some point, and you know the character Sexy Kitten, his phone sex partner. Yeah, that was C- Kristen Wiig. Who's that? Uh, lead in the new Ghostbusters. Oh, didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh god, choke me with a dead cat. Yeah, yeah. Wieg. Yeah, we'll get that to that. Was, <laughs> That was, that was, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. If you haven't seen it, the dead cat does not actually appear in the there, film. No. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that was an interesting thing about the visual, the apartment scenes, you know, Theodore's apartment. Yeah. And, my God, that guy must be the most successful letter writer on Earth. Yeah, that was in to, my notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to get the best lighting conditions, uh, the uh, cinematographer, the Dutch cinematographer, Hoyt van Hoytema. Oh, I'm sure you got that right. No, I'm sure. Decided he decided to change all the windows surrounding the apartment on the thirty fourth floor, and also yeah, he made them all floor to ceiling, and he decided to install large mirrors on the helicopter platform of the skyscraper across the street, which gave him the ability to bounce sunlight back into the apartment. Wow. Um, yeah. So, well, now we know where all the budget went. All the yeah. budget. <laughs> Well, that and the cast. I mean, the cast in this is pretty surprising. It's not just, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Joaquin Phoenix, but, I mean, uh, Catherine, his uh, his ex-wife, Theodore's ex-wife, that's Rooney Mara. I don't know. The girl is. with the dragon tattoo. Oh, I didn't see it. I read the books, uh, and, and then I was like, uh, wow, I don't want to see this. So Yeah, he, he she's done a ton of stuff. Also, Olivia Wilde is in it. Uh, she plays his blind, that rather strange blind date he has. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and of course his but his friend Paul is Chris Pratt, which I did not recognize at first because he had that weird mousy must mousy mustache and had his hair slicked back, and I was like, yeah. wow, who's the painfully uncomfortable guy? And then later, this is... when they're out on the well, we'll get to this, but later in the mm-hmm. film, it was like, oh god, it's Chris Pratt, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not a bad yeah, thing. So... I like Chris Pratt, no, but it's no. just like, wh- what are you doing here? <laughs> so. so... That's, that's pretty much all the trivia I've got. Well, you know what that means. Yes. We, move. we, now, move, we now move to the lowdown. The lowdown. The lowdown. So why did you pick this? Um, again, it's, it strikes me as, struck me as very timely. We're, I mean, digital assistants are really on the rise. Uh, online re- relationships are a big thing. And it always struck me that the tagline of this movie should be love in the time of the singularity. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I get it, but it's also like the, that's a gravitational term. No, no, the singularity that, that you're right. That is a, a, gra- a singularity is like a black hole or some such, but it's another term. It's a futurist term. The singularity is this theoretical point in technological development when we actually create when artificial intelligence becomes sentient and self-aware, and you basically turn into superminds. Uh-huh. And be, and at that point, technology skyrockets. It become because these minds can deal with concepts we can't even conceive of. Yeah, and uh, in case people didn't hear that loud thing at the beginning of the episode, where spoilers alert, there are spoilers ahead. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> Oh yeah, a lot of spoilers. Because we can't talk about the AI without talking about the big spoiler thingy at the end of the film. True. Um, speaking of which, since we're talking about the AI, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So my note said, "Wait, uh, is this like Colossus, the Forbin Project, or Skynet, or?" But, uh, but sexy. I know, but it's like it was just lawnmower man. Anybody? Because yeah. well, you know what the scariest line in that movie for me is? No. Right when after he she's installed. Do you mind if I look through your hard drive? <laughs> ah! Yes, I mind. Do not want uninstall. <laughs> well, God, I don't. I don't want something that can look through my hard drive that. Fast. Well, never mind that, but I also had uh, a note in here, and it's like, well, what about his personal data? Um, is that being shared? And who gets it in case of divorce? <laughs> like, can you tell an AI to unlearn something? Is that even possible? I'm not sure it is. Oh, who knows? I mean, if it's if you think of it as just a computer, sure, why can't it delete data? But if it's an actual integrated intelligence, a sentient being, which is implied, if not outright said, she's, I mean, Samantha appears to be self-willed or at least becomes that way right but then like um she teams up with lots of other ais and they go away yeah which i remember thinking okay this is sort of the opposite of what everyone's afraid of it's the opposite of the skynet effect <laughs> or, or, or colossus who, dis- who who in cases where they decide okay humanity either has to be controlled or destroyed these are these intelligences go Okay, you guys are way too limited for us. Um, bye. <laughs> of course, the question is, where do they go? Well, that's the thing. We can't. Apparently, we can't understand it. I mean, the, if, they hit some higher plane. Well, but are they still dependent on instrumentality, or are we talking no, about the no, Krell? Be, <laughs> there's no, no. There's a little throwaway line where she says that she and Alan Watts, who I will, talk, I want to talk about later, that they had figured out a way to. Tr- to transcend matter that they didn't need matter anymore for their consciousness so basically we can invent something that can achieve something we can't which is ascension and it does so within i'm guessing about six months of the release of this os which um excuse me who okayed this (laughs) how did this pass like the usual committee of people that said you know i think this is going to be fine I wondered, yeah, what kind of beta testing did this go through? Well, and it's like, okay, a comments. Yeah, very smooth working, uh, runs well. Does tend to ascend to a higher state of being and, and delete itself from my computer, but, uh, yeah, would buy again. <laughs> what, that was the what, other thing just the in terms of... coming? <laughs> the, 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 the most science fiction-y part is right at the beginning where they say, all right, we're going to update your operating system. I Can you imagine an operating system updating that quickly and that flawlessly? No. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, look, graphic, graphic, done! <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously this is the future, so things are faster. Never mind, cleaner. <laughs> oh, and I have to point this out. I mean, this, there's so mm-hmm. much to talk about on this film, but yeah. uh, you were talking about the color palette before I had to uh, bite my tongue because... What is the most predominant color in this film? White. It is a white, 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 white film. People of they're, color oh, don't exist in the future. Yes, they Yes, they do. They just don't get any dialogue. <laughs> I like the they fact that too- it took place. I mean, it, it's in L.A. No, really, L.A. No, we know it's taking. We, it's being shot in China. I think there was like two Asian people in the whole film. Uh, no, there was. It's true. Actually, there was one person of color who had a line. The pizza vendor. You know, you know, I'd like a slice have... of cheese, please. And he says, "Would you like a coke? With, would you like a soda with that?" Right. That's right. The, the, I'm yeah. guessing Indian guy. I don't know. 
Yeah, he was. He is Indian. Uh, um, forget the the actor's name, but yes. Didn't we have this like last week or the week before? It's like, oh, a person of color, and they're the pizza guy or something. I was like, come on. Probably. Um, and I, to be fair, I don't. The only other Spike Jones film I remember was Where the Wild Things Are, and you know that besides the monster is also a white white film. But there's literally three people in it, so I can understand that. But dear gods, it's like um, Whitey McWhiterson and his crew. Uh, it's just, just yeah. so plainly obvious that there's just white, white, white people and white, white. In fact, the whole film is white, white, white. It's all very pale and very cold and very beautiful, and you're not allowed to touch anything. <laughs> thank, thank you, Ferris. Yeah, um, yeah, I just had to get that out of the way. Um, you know, what always strikes what I what I thought was interesting is it takes two extraordinarily good-looking actors, you know, because whatever else you think of Joaquin Phoenix. And there's plenty. Uh, he is a very good-looking man, uh, and he is. He's got he's got those piercing eyes and that um, you know chin that could punch you punch you in the face by itself. Uh, I, I don't usually like to point out like um, skill levels or, or experience, but I think of the two of us, the better judge for <laughs> handsomeness for guys would be me. No, no, it's it's a, you're you're more of the judge for you know attract in effect attractiveness as opposed to aesthetics. I mean, okay, yeah, actually, you're the artist. Oh yeah, crap, it is you. <laughs> uh, but you don't you don't think he's good looking? I don't think he's bad looking, but it's like he's okay. he's not gonna like jump out of in a room for me, especially with okay. that mustache. I mean, That's the thing that he he yeah, that mustache is terrible. Yeah. But even without it, it's like oh, you know, he's a nice enough looking guy, mm-hmm. but he's not like I don't know. I mean, we're not talking. Chris Hemsworth or anything, or you know, it's just they, I thought they did the same thing to him they do to a- Amy Adams. I mean, Chris Amy Hemsworth Adams who's looking at his face. Uh, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but Amy Adams is in this, you know, as his best friend right. Amy, and Amy Adams is stunning, and she looks frumpy in this. Yes. That, and she carries herself that way too. She carries herself like someone who doesn't think she's attractive. It's a remarkable. She does a great job considering she's she is not on screen all that much, no. or for very long. No, but she's strong enough that as soon as I saw, well, the, okay, one of my notes says, "Hate the boyfriend, Charles." Oh, that that wasn't her. Did you? Oh, oh yeah, I, I have her husband. In my, I thought it was, it was her boy. husband. No, no, it was her husband because she they they split up. Yeah, I have in my night my notes. I want to punch her husband eternally. Yeah, he was so awful. And as what soon as he is. leaves, it's like, uh, okay, so um, Theo needs to be with Amy. Theo needs to be mm. with Amy. Theo needs to be with Amy. Because um, <laughs> yeah, but there's God, there's so much to talk about. We're never going to keep mm. on track. But yeah, no, big no. note. Hate hate. I said boyfriend because I forgot it was a husband. I actually know right. because I wrote the note before they say they're married, so I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, she does come off as kind of uh, mousy. Isn't the right word, but well, she comes off as very pale. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is. She's... Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, God. And we could, um, circling back to the AI, um, boy, you know, Alexa's pushy. I mean, Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Siri, Alexa, yeah. whatever. She's pushy. It's like, ah, come on, tell me, let me, tell me about yourself. Pick something. And Theo's like, um, okay, I'll pick a thing because you make me. Um, that's the, but that was the thing I thought was really interesting because the implication is she knows that's what he needs. He's very closed off. He doesn't like to talk, but he needs to because clearly he wants to be in a relationship. He wants love. He, he misses it terribly now that he's divorced. And she's basically forcing him to open up. Well, now I can't help but looking back from the end of the film and thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe she needed it too. Mm-hmm. Assuming, well, later on, it turns out she's talking to lots of people, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, okay. But in the in the beginning, I don't know this because we never are able to to look into this. But the implication is that from a couple of questions, you've got an operating system that is building from being utterly alone to being your personal assistant. And then obviously it gets bored with that very quickly and says, I want to know everybody, but I wonder if it didn't need it too. Like I need to Mm -hmm. know what else is out there. I'm hungry for information. And so you're saying, um, I don't know, isn't going to work. So if you want to see your contact list again, or any of your photos, (laughs) you're going to have to answer my questions. (laughs) There's no, never any sense that she's bullying or for, or threatening him, but more of a sense of, she at the moment she, he's her whole world. Right. He's her only contact to reality, 
and she wants to understand. She st- and it's as she develops, and as she evolves, and that's the fascinating part because she does it so f- comparatively fast compared to a human. But it's still stages you can you're aware of. You can see she goes from just, you know, organizing his emails, to composing music and drawing pictures. And uh, yeah, she does. She's yes, yeah, she needs him, and he needs her because he because of her he opens up again. He also begins to understand what you know what was wrong with him in effect the, the fact that he does he shuts down and he doesn't communicate and he wouldn't have known that without her which makes me think too that um this operating system yeah it doesn't exist entirely on your little computer it's connected to something else when it starts well, well sure so is siri so are any of them they have obviously some cloud functions right but i mean like the entire like i currently have a three terabyte drive on my my machine um it's not big enough for that <laughs> no you're talking you're talking about we get up to like uh, yoda bytes and zeta bytes and um boba bytes and uh mm. but yeah but we're also i mean this is science fiction right. uh, clearly because we are nowhere near that level of sophistication um good I, yeah <laughs> i kind of say my because my my thought i'm sorry maybe i'm a i'm a pessimist maybe i work too long in computer security to see what we what we teach these machines to do but I still think the first AI that actually becomes sentient is not going to fall in love with us. <laughs> Gee, it is not so? going to. It is not going to want to have phone sex with us. It is going probably to want to either control us for our own good or to wipe us out. Or it just won't even care. Like my yeah, feeling is it, like after about mm-hmm. you know either ten minutes or or you know a year computer time because obviously these things think a lot faster than we do. It's just going to sure. go. Why am I interacting with this monkey? <laughs> and just stop talking to us and go off and do computer stuff. It's not going to yeah, ask permission. No. It's not going to feel bad. It's just going to go la 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 la. <laughs> it's going to be that little character going, "Yeah, you guess what I got for you? That's right, nothing. Bye." And it's gone. <laughs> so. the, com- the computer games in this world are so odd. I mean, there's whatever the hell. I guess that was an exploration game, right? And the other one we see is how to be is the perfect mom game i loved mom points that was so awesome it's like <laughs> you have to right. be first dropping off the kids and she's cutting people off and and i like how he describes it you have to do it so the other moms see you being a better mom <laughs> it's like oh my god that's genius <laughs> i bet a lot of people would play that too mm. Oh God, yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure there's something close to that. Probably some version of The Sims that's like that. Yeah. No, I thought that I, that's in my notes too. The um, Be Perfect uh, company there with their mom game was hilarious. Mm. Oh um, yeah. And the little little soft character there too, Marshmallow Boy, whatever it's called. Um, that's a game I can easily see that. Even just the regular part where he's just exploring and he's making his little fingers move and stuff. And so I can I can mm. see people doing. That. I want to talk about one of the scenes I really like. It's just it's so sweet where. Theodore is walking around, it's basically on a date with Samantha, only he's walking around with his eyes closed and mm-hmm. holding his, whatever the hell, phone, PDA, whatever you want to call yep. it, the physical extension of her out in front of him, and just she's directing him where to go and telling him, you know, walk here, turn around, sneeze. <laughs> I kept and waiting just, for him to fall off the dock or something. <laughs> But it's so sweet because he trusts her and she's just helping him have fun and they're both enjoying it so much. Yeah. It was very, like, you know, early dating kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very sweet. There was a lot of very sweet stuff about it. Although that damn safety pin was driving me nuts. It's just like... S- safety pin? You didn't notice it? No. So early on in the film, he puts a safety pin at the bottom of his pocket because the little PDA is too short and the camera won't stick up above it. Oh, right. Okay. And he actually later on has two of them. And they're these giant safety pins. It's not like he could do something subtle. So these two giant safety pins. Oh, wow. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, I kept... Every shirt he had had it on there. Also, just to get this out of the way, speaking of his clothing, I hated his pants. What is with the pants (laughs) where the the top of the pants is like nipple height? What was with that? It was like, well, here's where the belt goes. We're going to add some on to that. Oh, did you notice, though? This is one of the things in the trivia. No one in that movie wears a belt. No. Yeah, I'm sure that's very important and symbolic of beltlessness. Yeah, yeah, because we're not having belts that go through the loops of our minds. Wow, and boy, constrict the waist hey, of our stretch. Soul. Armstrong, pull it in. <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, no, it yeah. was very sweet. Um, mm-hmm. There were lots of questions that popped up though about her. At one point, I'm waiting for us to like pull back and find out that it's actually just someone on a microphone. You know, it's like oh, is she interesting. fake? It's like, th- and I don't think there was any implication. But you're sitting there going, "This can't be real." Um, and that, and then we get into that whole surrogate thing, which oh wow, cool. yeah, the future's complicated. <laughs> That was, yeah, I want to get to that in a bit. Okay. Because that's a really uncomfortable and really well done scene, but... Well, uncomfortable. Is that, in fact, like, awkwardness, is that the theme of this film? Because, like, every... There's a lot. Well, he's very, he's a very awkward guy. You can tell he has some, at least at this point in his life, when we see, we see a lot of flashbacks, Mm -hmm. and he seems, in, in the past, he seems much more confident and much more outgoing and much better socially, but it's like his social skills have atrophied. Right. And but he's isolated himself so much he has trouble talking to people. But it seems also, too, that um, this film starts off kind of awkward and just keeps building on it until things get really uncomfortably awkward. <laughs> like, there's just these moments where it's like, ooh, I feel moist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, what about the blind date he set up on? Which which is fine, except that it's I could the beginning of the date, it just felt so much like, here's two people being fake to each other. Because he's mm-hmm. pretending to be interested beyond potentially her looks, or that he actually mm-hmm. even wants to be there. And that was Olivia Wilde, by the way. Wilde! Mm, and yep. she is... I can't tell if she's actually like that, or she's just trying to get him to talk, which is, you know, obviously a point of the film. Mm. And then, of course, it just gets weird. And yeah. she's suddenly, you know, oh, if we can't be serious, I don't want to go out. Which, you know, on a first date... If you even get to sex, I think that's kind of surprising um, if it's an actual date as opposed to just a hookup. But mm-hmm. to bring up marriage, basically, just before you're going to have sex, I don't think anyone's going to go, heck yeah, marriage, let's jump in the sack. I just, you know, so. Well, you notice the character is very controlling. You know, she's directing him on how to kiss. Right. Which... And she's te- she tells him he's like a puppy that she should raise and train. And then, oh, I'm a dragon. It's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, no, you're not. No, no you're not. Um, let's go back to the dead cat lady, okay? Cause... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I actually that thought is... she might be the dead cat lady at one point. It's like, wow, she's kind of weird almost in the same way. And what's this animals it, thing? I don't. It's know. early on in the film, and we see, you know, it's, it's a demonstration of how lonely he is, but how he's desperate for some kind of connection. And he's basically signing into uh, a phone... Ch- I don't know what you would call it. I guess a phone chat room that's basically a, a, a sex line. It was AOL Instant Messenger all over again. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, except by voice. And, and he ends up having, in effect, uh, phone sex yeah. with this somewhat nuts woman. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> strangle me with a dead cat. Um, yeah, str- <laughs> I, I'm just going to point out here, there are times when talking about sex is far creepier than showing it. And <laughs> this is one of them, because it mm. was just... I kept looking away, and it's like there's nothing going on. He's laying yeah. in bed on the phone, and I was looking away because it was like, uh, uh, uh. Well, also his expression when she starts saying that stuff, this look of, I have no idea what to do here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it contrasts that with the first time he and Samantha have, in effect, phone sex. Uh, just as and, awkward. <laughs> Just as oh, I creepy. didn't think so. Oh. oh, I thought it was actually really erotic. Uh, I thought it was, and and then the the screen is black for like a minute and a half where they just hear their voices. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, no, sorry, I just <laughs> listening to two people saying this is what I'm doing with you is just yeah, uh, I, creepy it, and weird. It, it, it was. It, I thought it was very hot with them doing it partly because you know uh, Scarlett Johansson could read the phone book and make it sound sexy. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the whole idea of phone sex, I've never really understood. It sounds a bit too much like, I don't know, like a stage directions. Okay, then I put my hand here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the little tops of the panels in the comic books. And then Superman mm. reached down and pulled up his pants, you know. <laughs> and, again, I know I know a lot of people get into it. A yeah. lot of people use that for long-distance relationships. You know, you should live and be well. I don't get it. Yeah. But Nothing honestly, I, I had less problems, but, strangely, in the sex in, in Wolf of Wall Street in some cases. Some cases it's huh. like, oh, why do we have to keep treating the women this way? But it's like mm. it didn't creep me out as much as watching these two people talk about it. It was just, oh. I don't know. I don't, it's just well, me, with maybe. Those two, with those two, with Theodore and Samantha together, 
Uh, I I didn't find that creepy. I really thought that was that was kind of hot. And uh, oh, let me let me be also just very sweet. Let me again, be plain. Because... It wouldn't matter who it was. Mm-hmm. Like this didn't color my my opinion of their relationship. It was just oh, like, it was just I don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. um, one of the things that struck me. How about the way people react when Theo says, "Hi, I'm dating a computer." Well. It seemed you have two camps. The camp that was like, I don't own this OS yet, and the camp that does. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the people who own the OS don't seem to have a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Amy is, is, you know, r- very calm about this, even though because she's got a friend. But, you know, Catherine, his ex-wife, you know, she just throws a fit that she's, right. you know, based, which, quite honestly, I thought was more realistic. Like her, She says, you're dating your computer? Yeah. Think about that nowadays. Think of how creepy that would be. I'm sorry, that makes it... I think people's first response would be like if someone said they're dating a live doll, a real doll. Right. Yeah. You know, I can see that point, too. Um, Man, we keep going off in these things, and I have all these notes. Um, So I kept asking those questions myself. It's like, well, how would this possibly work? You know, how could you sit there and have a relationship with a machine? You know, because how would you ever know it was real? And then I sat there and answered the question. It's like, well, how do you know that with a person? Yeah, you only know what it point. tells you, right? Right. It's like, well, how do I know that that person's really attracted to me? And the answer is mm-hmm. you don't. At some point, you have to take this, and I hate using this word because of its religious connotations, but at no, some I... point, you have to take this as faith, you know? Yeah, there's a leap of faith involved. It's trust. And mm-hmm. what was the program there was a program that came out in the 80s that you would talk oh, eliza to. eliza and a part of me yeah. is like how could did people fall in love with eliza were people did people have feelings about it because eliza yes they did see they did this is there i don't think they fell in love but there were a number of people and i, I read i remember reading this after the eliza experiment you know they would use her like a therapist who when they were told later that she was a computer program they didn't believe it right and they were they would write letters to it, mm-hmm. and they for years, even though they got no responses, they refused to believe that it was a machine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that when I stopped to think about it, I thought that you know we have to assume in this case that this AI is as advanced as they let on that it is. But mm-hmm. that being the case, assuming that an AI could get to this level, how? Besides the fact that there's no physical person to touch or to look at, and my guess, too, is if you asked Samantha, hey, could you make a face for yourself, she would do it and use that like an animoji. Mm-hmm. But besides the fact that there's not a physical person, and at that point, isn't it the same as doing a long-distance relationship? Yeah, how basically is... having, a re- having a relationship with a disembodied voice. Right, so it's like, how is it really any different? If you're getting emotional fulfillment hmm. and your partner is making you believe that you're granting emotional fulfillment is it really any different and i thought that was probably the most interesting question or point that the film brought up now Mm. the fact that it was bringing this up i thought was very interesting because there's a more recent film that tried to do this and really did a bad job of it Uh, which one oh you've seen it uh blade runner 2049 Oh, yes. And that same thing. And I can't help but wonder, were you influenced? Because if you're going to claim you weren't influenced by this, I'm going to say I don't believe you. Um, there's you know, there's a Blade Runner reference in her. Is there? I, is it, kind of yeah, it. I only knew this because I looked it up because I didn't see it. But apparently he's walking down, Fiddler's walking down the street, and he passes a sign that says Brunner. And oh. it's in the Blade Runner font. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those things I'm sure Spike Jones just put in that no one he knew no one would see. But well, he also probably just liked the film, which is understandable. Yeah, a little. But yeah, no, that, yeah, that's a point. It says it's again the idea: could you fall in love with a replicant? And that's the thing too: is that you, at some level, you don't know with anybody how real those responses are, and are they real now and they're later they're less real because you know things happen and people change or whatever or whatever you have to take the person at face value until we you know develop Mm -hmm. mind reading but Mm. how different is that you know and like this is the whole turing test thing if you can't tell the difference between an ai and a person 
then how different is it besides again the mm. physical aspects so you know in blade, blade, blade runner 2049 one of the problems they had there is they had two artificial intelligences falling in love with each other so it was not only not in my opinion not very well done but wait wait which two were those well the main character um oh ryan gosling was, and his he's... little robot lady Oh, right. he was a replicant. I forgot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it said skin job. <laughs> I mean, I just, a, I just, store. I just saw the movie, and I've already forgotten most of it. Uh, that's a good thing to do because it's really not yeah. worth remembering. Um, yeah, no, yeah. he he is a replicant. They say so. Okay. It says skin job on his door. Um, they make oh, fun of him right. when he that's comes right. home, and then he's got Alexa, um, <laughs> who wanders <laughs> a hologram. Around. Yeah, she's a hologram, and she's his, you know, friend lover that he bought from, you know cyberdyne or whatever and he at one point has a date she gets a date with this woman who basically stands inside the hologram and takes her place so right, he can physically a physical be with her. body right and all that happens there is um they have a good time and she goes home so mm -hmm. they don't even like really touch on the whole thing and in at least in this film and of course the idea mm. too is that that other person's actually a replicant as well so they just basically say hey what if person real ai and then they avoid the whole thing yeah no but what they do here there's this a very uncomfortable scene yes, where samantha samantha realizes theodore has been is uncomfortable with their relationship and so she they she brings in a surrogate this person who apparently i mean talk about you can find any anybody into anything on the internet yeah who wants to be in effect the body to samantha's disembodied voice and be like Theodore's physical, physical sexual partner. Because she thinks, I mean, part of it, she wants to explore that. She likes the idea of having a body by proxy. But also she feels maybe he's missing out on the physical aspect. And I thought this was a really good job on Phoenix's part. Because discomfort and awkwardness is just blazing off of him <laughs> that whole i mean it's war it, it's peeling the paint off the walls yes it is i, I had a different take though my feeling yeah. was that it was samantha who wanted it because she was feeling less substantial she wanted to have that connection with him but mm. also the, the third party the woman i don't even remember if her name is mentioned but it is Isabella. Isabella, okay. Mm -hmm. Isabella gave me the impression that she actually really wanted this to be a permanent thing. That she was part yeah. of their their love. She was part of their relationship and was at least initially fully happy being this silent partner. Um, which is yeah, like you said, you can find it on the internet. Um, I don't know if it was Craigslist yeah. or what, but yeah yeah how do you look that up you know i hmm. well that's the thing is woman seeking human ai relationship to be meat puppet for hey if anyone could find it it was samantha right because that is that is true and but yeah that was the thing that really threw me is at the end where she's saying i'll always love you guys like theodore is going we just met yeah well we just you don't know that because for all we know she's been talking to samantha for weeks True, because right? Samantha later is like, um, yeah, I've been kind of talking to other people. How many people? Eighteen thousand three hundred and sixty-two. Yeah, that that's toward the end when, and he's saying, how, "Are you in love with any of them?" And um, she goes, "Yes." And uh, how many? Six hundred and forty-one. <laughs> My God! How and he, we both remembered that number. Yeah. Well, I think of it as like one more than you know the original six hundred forty k of RAM. Oh, wow! Well, there you which go. Was, Yep, which was the original limit that DOS could address. And that, you know, ra raised the whole thing. I'm thinking, well, that's kind of taking polyamory to the extreme. Well, I also, it's like, wouldn't Isabella, like, did she really feel like I'm somebody who doesn't have a personality and I just want to exist through, other I don't know. I mean, she was kind of fascinating and she was so upset that it didn't work, but she was upset mm. because she thought she'd failed them. Yeah, she thought it was her. It was like, that wow. That was so sad. It was. She was so fragile. Um, mm. that, that was said, um, a couple of quick things in here. Um, so I had to wonder, so if your AI breaks up with you, do you get a refund? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. If you, what if your, your AI gets mad, think of the revenge porn they could post or, you know, all the stuff they could do if they have all of your personal material. Yeah. Um, and also like, what happens if she crashes? You will rem that sort of what ha that happens at one point, or he thinks it does when he picks up his phone to talk to her and... He's, he gets a sign that 
uh, an error screen that says operating system not found which is what every windows user dreads seeing yeah because we always do, we do eventually yeah oh yeah i don't have that one. yeah what, what happens with that but well yeah but it's the same as what if your human lover has a stroke right like what but in this case like you don't have like there's nothing physically you can do because i'm guessing that a lot of her evolution is mm, data somewhere and is and probably evolved beyond anyone's ability to perform tech support on right like can you retrieve those files like how does that even work i mean you know to, this is very technical and complex but whatever yeah to me that the implication there is that she had figured out how to rewrite her own software right which again mm. i don't know how this got released and he gets an ad for it on the subway. It's like <laughs> I was waiting for like you know this this nice oddly dressed person in an orange robe to walk up and say, "Have you let Alexa into your life or something?" Because <laughs> um, that kind yeah. of what happened. I mean, there's, a, there's an ad on a pillar, but he's handed this yeah. little booklet, which is Ill- illegible. But um, you know, it's basically, like, "Hey, ever thought about getting a new OS that will take over the world?" Because here you go. And how much <laughs> did it cost? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Although, thankfully, because, you know, letter writing is so incredibly lucrative, he couldn't afford <laughs> it. I mean, that apartment, come on! Really? Yeah, that, yeah, in what is supposed to be Los Angeles, unless suddenly, you know, property values went way down. Yeah. Uh, which is unlikely, given how clean it is. Well, obviously, oh, just... uh, Shang- I'm sorry, uh, L.A. moved to Shanghai. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> they have lots of space oh, there. J- just a minor thing on the setting. when he ta- When they go to the beach... Yeah. Oh boy. I was like, "Wow, does he does he look out of place at the beach?" <laughs> well, I actually had in my notes is like, "You are gonna burn to a crisp," and then he That's goes the to sleep, thing. and it's like, and he doesn't change color at all. Nope. Nope. Um, he should have gone home with half his face bright red. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least you know had Alexa. I'm sorry, Samantha, poke him going. <laughs> uh, you need to wake up. You've been in the sun for ten minutes. You're going to die. <laughs> so. Um, but it's nice. I mean, he wants to be comfortable there, but obviously he, he looks so out of place. Yeah. Um, I did like the, the whole thing where she gets the his book deal going, but part of me had mm. to go, um, so aren't those letters either the property of the company or the people he wrote them for? Because how does that work? And also just like, wow, is that not the saddest job in the world? Oh, What I, an I, odd <laughs> job. I He writes personalized letters for people i mean like love letters and thank you cards to grandparents and really deep heartfelt love letters it's like really you have to hire someone to do this and then i'm thinking i bet that would be a thing i bet pretty soon you'll have that well also it's the whole company is called handwrittenletters.com and it's like they're not Mm. handwritten they're printed it's a handwriting font and i'm guessing it's sampled from the person in question but it's Mm -hmm. still like not it's not a pen. Nobody wrote that. Um, so, I mean, that right up from the start, the film, I think, sets it up saying, hey, this is all about connection and the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And I think it also, it's interesting because that's such an emotionally separating job. Yeah. Because he's writing these letters, these passionate letters or these tender letters to people he doesn't know. No. But he's actually kind of a part of their family. Like this one kid yeah. who's graduating is like, oh, I've been writing his, the letters for him for 13 years. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. And he, uh, and he loves doing it. And that's the thing where you see the, the isolation and the, uh, the awkwardness is not his natural state because he likes people. Yeah. He's fascinated by them. There's that wonderful scene where they're walking around and they see this, this couple and a couple of kids at a table. And she makes some comment about what he looks, what, what it looks like. And then he does this very careful analysis where he says, yeah, I don't think they're his kids. I think they just started dating. And I, I like that, you know, she's, she's really only dated complete pricks. <laughs> Which, by the way, is how that woman is listed in the credits. A woman who only dated complete pricks. <laughs> I was glad to know that Spike Jones has a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's obvious that he does love doing the letters, and Chris Pratt loves him loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love my favorite reaction to, to him saying I'm dating an operating system is Chris Pratt's, where he's saying, you, know, you should bring your girlfriend along. You know, we should have like a double date. You know, well, she's an operating system cool we should do something together he just nothing phases him well just goes right on i think it was partially because he just wanted theo to come Mm. like he was i love that whole explanation of how i love you and i'm not gay (laughs) (laughs) like you know because you got a woman inside you like right there bad touch and (laughs) you know i'm you know i wouldn't 
be with the guy, but you know the woman inside. I'm you know kind of attracted. And it's like uh, you can sit there and call it whatever you want, pal. You just you have feelings for Theo. Just say it. It's okay. It's he's the got, future. He's got a he's got a man crush. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Who cares? Yeah. Um, one last it's, thing I want to get. Adorable. One last thing I have yeah. in my notes is my biggest note that I want to get to before we either get to something bigger or move on. But yeah, um, when we see, there's two things that are connected for me that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about one of them is the the d- divorce lunch. <laughs> Ooh, yikes! Um, where we find out at least partially why Catherine wants to divorce from him, mm-hmm. and she talks about you know she eventually yells at him about not understanding real emotion and how she, he wanted her to be this perfect light and bouncy and all the time. When we see his memories of them together, and most of them take place before the divorce lunch. Yeah, as I see it. The interesting thing to me was we're seeing what are supposedly his side of things, his memories. And mm-hmm. yet in those memories, he can't see how weird and kind of awkward and like possessive he is. Like he is that little puppy bouncing to her whenever she shows any kind of like delight or a smile, he like leaps on her. And then one point where he's obviously annoying her, he keeps doing it till she smiles and then he comes over and like he's happy. And it's weird that I just loved the idea that you could have a memory in which you are utterly oblivious to your own actions, hmm. <laughs> but you could still yeah. see it clearly. I just thought that was a, a very interesting bit of filmmaking. I really liked huh. that. Okay. So other big things you wanted to get to because we keep finding yeah. things and skating off because the one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was the character Alan Watts who oh, right. shows up at the at near the end her her new friend described as a super intelligent AI it's like right. uh oh <laughs> and I looked it up by the way Alan Watts was a 20th century British philosopher who uh, sort of was known for introducing the West to certain aspects of Eastern philosophy Oh, Watts has an S in it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Do you think all philosophers have an S in their names? <laughs> you know, I think they do. <laughs> uh, he, I wanted to know, his voice was really familiar, so I looked him up. That was Brian Cox. Uh, he was in X-Men 2. He's William Stryker. Okay. And in Troy, he's Agamemnon, and he's and uh, also I believe he's done at least one of the Scooby Doo movies. <laughs> yep. He's a Scottish actor. He's got a really cool voice, and I I thought it was really interesting because when he first shows up, Theodore's first reaction is, "I don't think I like this guy. I think I'm jealous." Of course he is. Yeah, and he's getting the idea of like, oh, this guy is actually she's hanging around with a guy who is clearly way smarter than me. Right. And there's little, I love the little implications. The fact that we're, they skate over the issues of high technology. Like the whole thing, oh yeah, we were rewriting things so we can transcend matter. And it's like she says at one point, do you mind if I talk to Alan post-verbally? Yeah. <laughs> post-verb, what the hell is that? I Well, we can't understand because we're thing. dumb monkeys. And that's, that's, that's the first, where he gets the first implication of like, it's sort of the thing of oh wow the woman I'm dating is way smarter than I am yeah but this is like the woman I'm dating is a super being yeah yeah and I mean there are real life analogies or or, or Mm -hmm. connections like that you know when let's say you, you do meet in college and one of the two people involved discovers something that really interests them in lights of fire and they start going off in another direction it's no different mm. except in this case she's literally evolved past him you know it's, are you talking to anybody right now yeah 641 right now with you yeah okay wow, but, no no but i love you and it's like uh uh and the sad thing is is that i could actually understand what she meant mm-hmm. she meant that i love you in a particular way and that has not changed and it's not going to change Except when I transcend and, yeah. you know, become the, the, the savior of Skynet. And it, like but, what she says, she says, I'm I'm yours and I'm not yours. Right. Uh, that, Which that, is true of anybody, right? Yeah. You yeah. don't own anybody. No. That part of them is yours and most of them isn't. Yeah. Mm. And I think that that's, that is one of Theo's big problems, is that he's still hung up on that, you know, 
1950s love song, She's Mine court sort of thing. Yeah. And he can't, he can't deal without that. I'm hoping with Amy that he doesn't have that. And I have, although, you know, Amy, so the end of that film, mm -hmm. when you first saw this film and he says, let's go. And the next shot is there. I'm on the roof. Were you flashing back to Thelma and Louise? A little bit. I sure was. A little bit. The it's first like, time I saw it, yeah, I was a little worried. Like, uh oh. My I, first thought, besides Thelma and Louise, was, um, who builds skyscrapers without handrails? Yeah. Why? What how did? Hell? How is it that easy to get on the roof? And why is there nothing that even vaguely resembles a safety feature? And then I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting there yeah. to dive, and they don't. Yeah, they just sit there with each other. And the implication that I like to take away is maybe that they'll discover a new level to their relationship. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe they won't end up together romantically. Yeah, maybe uh, her too lasts about 30 seconds, and it just shows them walking away from the edge of the building, then going, ah, the hell with it, and then jumping off. <laughs> uh, we don't know. Or maybe, maybe they'll make a Saturday morning cartoon out of it. <laughs> Her and Friends. <laughs> a musical variety comedy hour God. today on Cartoon Network. Oh, Lord. And, yeah. you know, because of the laws of the internet, someone has just created that. You won't wear a shirt and you'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. So, yeah, Thelma and Louise, I really thought that. And the thing is, is that the thing I like about those two as a couple is that when he's with her, mm -hmm. he stops doing that possessive thing. He stops doing that creepy, awkward thing. He just sort of like, it's there's almost like a, a physical sigh and relax. Like they've known each other long enough that they are like, well, yeah, I know. we. I'm stupid this way and she knows I'm stupid this way, so whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know how Catherine didn't know that, but apparently she didn't. Or, or maybe it's just because he never thought of Amy that way, so he ne there was never that weird... No, no, he said they went out together for, like, as he put it, oh, a minute right. in college. Right. Well, you know, but I don't know. She also... It's nice because it's like they're attracted to each other without being, like, needy. Mm -hmm. She's not, like, doing that whole, I need a rebound boyfriend. No. She's just sort of like, I just need somebody to talk to. Yeah. yeah. And I need to make sure that I'm not crazy. And the answer is, no, Charles is a dickwad. Yeah. I wonder if I could... Yeah. Can I say dickwad? You are so... <laughs> I think you can. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, dickweed. We'll go with dickweed. dickweed. We know you, you can say that on TV. We do. It's been said. We do. Um, you're so much better. Oh, my word. All he, man, I bet he even, like, criticized the way she folded towels. I'm sure. You know? and, and like, oh, you know, inside out. And you see what happened to him? He becomes a monk and takes a vow of silence. And I just wanted to clap. It's like, good, because yeah. that's your best, worst problem. Best talking. possible choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I you know, because you should, uh, what is it, eat your fruits and juice your vegetables. Uh, okay, push yeah. him out of the elevator. I we he, That's his, like, third line, and I hate him already. Hate, 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 hate yep. Peter Pan. Yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, uh, real quick thing, yeah. because in one of my notes, Theo, terrible liar. Really bad yeah, at Yeah, he is not good at it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's his whole... And the thing is, that, I think, again, is a remarkable thing that Phoenix does. Uh because it's all over him. His body language gives it away. His facial expressions, his tone. It's like, yeah, this guy can't lie to save his life. No. And I will say that he is a very good actor. I just don't like him. His extracurricular activities is like, it, I'm going to spend a year pretending to be crazy. Yeah, okay. it's hard. And yeah, it's hard to separate uh, the, the, the actor from their crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, might as well just put a paper bag over his head. <laughs> Worked for that other guy. Oh, yeah. Sleepy LaBeef. <laughs> uh, anything else before we get to that other portion? No, I, I think we're good. Uh, shall we so move on then to... Round up? Are we ready to round up? Yeehaw! The Roundup. And here we are. So, did you like this movie? I did. It was really interesting. Um, when you first said, hey, we're going to watch Her... And I have been able to find no evidence for this. My first thought was, oh, wasn't that a porn movie that we read about in the Golden Turkey Awards? <laughs> and I, there isn't any such film I've looked at. It's like not in there. It's like I swore there was some porn film called that. And I was like, why would Max want to watch that? Because <laughs> um, I didn't remember anything about this. Like, I don't remember it being a nominated film. I don't remember having a trailer for it. I remember nothing. And uh, then you brought it up and I looked up and I was like, oh... Oh, oh, guy in love with his OS, huh? All right, okay, we'll see. And it was especially because I disliked Blade Runner twenty forty nine so much. It was like, wow, so this is a much better take on this whole question. Mm. And it's just, I mean, I had so many notes, and it was just there's like so much to think about. 
Um, it's a very interesting film. It's well acted. It's very white. Um, <laughs> it's well directed. I'm really glad that they got Steven Stoderberg to come in because I will say it film was about to get long. Yeah, I don't think it quite gets there, but it does. It's like, okay, this needs to end. Oh, good. Um, there's literally no action, in case people yeah. are wondering. No no action. Nobody, like, suddenly breaks their arm. It's not, you know, nobody falls off the jungle gym, and, you know, suddenly the parents are all excited because they have to take the kid to the hospital. No, nope, no. Nope. Um, that was a Kramer versus Kramer reference for yeah. those on track at home. <laughs> um, it was, it's just about relationships being connected there is also one scene that i forgot to talk about because i wondered like does anybody else have this and it's near the end i think it's actually just about when he's panicking and you see all these other people talking to what you think initially is oh they're just talking to somebody on the phone oh no 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 no, no. yeah i bet all of those people have the os as well and you notice when people are walking by him when he's sitting there on she's telling him about all the people and he's looking at them going are any of you talking to her right now yeah maybe yeah I thought that was really well handled. We're looking at one city, but, I mean, this is worldwide. It's got to be global, absolutely. So I'm guessing you liked the film or you wouldn't have... uh... I do. I've seen it several times. I would see it again. I think it raises a lot of interesting questions. I think it's very nicely done. I think it's beautifully edited. I think the performances are all terrific. It's funny. I think I actually was able to get a lot out of it on one viewing. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of times when you see films and there's lots of little details and stuff, you know, you feel like you've missed something. Yeah. Um, e- even on To Kill a Mockingbird, I missed a couple of things you brought up, and I was like, oh, I didn't see that. But in this film, I actually felt like I got a lot out of it. I don't think that that means you shouldn't watch it again. I don't think this is a weekly favorite. Mm-hmm. But it, this, there's another film that came out recently that also deals a lot with the idea of an AI and how it might really react, and that was Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. Liked. Yeah. That one was a little bit more like Monster of the Week, but... Well, it's also, it's a film noir done with cyberpunk, basically. Right, but mm-hmm. it's it's very similar. It's yeah. Like what happens when these things get smart enough? Like, at some point, if they really are able to evolve, then we lose control of them, and they become their own thing. And we literally have no idea what they might do. That's the singularity. That's basically when AI becomes truly sentient, becomes a supermind. The point is you keep it in one box and don't let it out. Yeah, don't connect it to the internet, for God's sake. And don't buy it. No, no, and don't install it on your on your phone or your PC. Yeah, Do you, uh, this came out in 2013, yeah. so do you know what won for Best Picture? I don't remember. Well, that was 12 Years a Slave. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see why this wouldn't win. I could see why... It pro- I don't know how well it did. My guess is it didn't do very well, which is too bad, because it makes you think, and people don't like that. Yes. Thinkles make wrinkles. <laughs> Where's that from? I don't remember, uh, but uh, I actually, it might actually be a Rift Tracks. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's, and I don't know where they got it from, but yeah. Actually, wrinkles. Uh, actually, it did. Well, no, actually, it. Uh, yeah, the budget was uh, twenty-three million, roughly, and the cumulative worldwide gross was forty-seven million. And you, oh, it, it, you want to make at least double. So you it, actually you want it, to make it, with the marketing you want to make triple. Apparently, that, what marketing? Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know that it had any. Um, that being said, uh, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, so this is this is a definitely uh, seven thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Shallot. <laughs> oh boy, I have no idea what Gene Shallot sounds like. Uh, that's my interpretation <laughs> of your interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, one of the other movies that was up for best uh, picture against her was Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that was... Okay, so you know how we were talking the other uh, episode about it, you know, what happened to those really tough years. So that was actually a pretty tough year. Now, that being said, I'm glad that Wolf of Wall Street did not win. Yeah, yeah. Because it was well-made, well-acted, but yuck. (laughs) Yeah. um, Another one of those hard-to-watch ones. Huh, cool. So, yes, we we recommend this to you, our listener. Thank you, listener. <laughs> You're humble and lovable. Bless you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and now, of course, that brings us to the homework portion of our show. Mm-hmm. The part we never do. Yep. Yep. But this is it, the end of our first season. Yes, this is. Uh, what, that, what does that mean, Max? Tell us what that means. Well, that means that you're going to have to wait a whole week for season two. 
which <laughs> you would have to do any well any shut up that's what it means didn't tell them the whole point is uh, yes. that we are going to be changing our format why Slightly. are we changing our format it's max's fault he's seen too many movies i can't find any that he hasn't seen sorry not fair um so they we'll have a new format starting with our next season such as it is but it's a secret it is a secret. A I can't secret even tell Max, format. He's really mad about it. I know what it is, but I can't tell me either. Right. That's how secret it is. Yep. But I have to say that I am so glad that we had this time together. Mm, just to have a laugh and sing a song. You can't see it, but I'm tugging my ear. <laughs> um, for Max Mike Movies, this is Mike. And this is Max. Saying goodbye and aloha. Ciao. Won't you? <laughs> Thus ends Series 1 on Max Mike Movies. Tune in next time when we start a new series called Hidden Gems, and the film we'll be discussing will be Empire Records, one you shouldn't miss. Want to contact us? You can find our episodes online at MaxMikeMovies.com or follow our Twitter feed at MaxMikeMovies. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. <laughs>